I'm Julie Potowitz, CEO and founder of Grow Your Occupancy. Our passion is helping senior living providers maximize sales efforts and increase revenue. Join me as I chat with industry leaders who share their tips and strategies, and we'll have some fun along the way. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Your Occupancy podcast. I'm Julie Potowitz, CEO and founder. Really, really excited to welcome our guest today, Jane Salerson. Welcome, Jane. Welcome. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I'm very excited. Very excited to talk to you. Uh, Jane Salerson is a seasoned veteran in the senior living industry. She's an investor partner and the chief operating officer at Charter Senior Living. For the past 25 years, she has served in various senior management roles for both large and small organizations, exposing her to over 750 communities throughout the United States. She's developed and executed sales and operational infrastructures where the net result has been increased revenue, reduced expenses, and improved NOI, something we all reach for. Um, Her unique blend of both sales and operations experience allows for a balanced approach of driving NOI while keeping customer and employee satisfaction at the core of her operating strategies. Uh, Prior to charter, She served as Executive Vice President of Sales and Operations at Benchmark Senior Living and seven years as Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Emeritus Senior Living prior to the Brookdale merger. Jane also has experience in software platforms, specially designed for senior living. She helped launch and was COO of Sherpa CRM, a first-of-kind built to integrate empathy with sales. She's a well-recognized leader within the senior housing industry. She served on multiple Argentum roundtables and is a frequent presenter at national senior living conferences and taking time out of her day to talk to us. So Jane, you mentioned like an Uber for caregivers. For those listening that aren't familiar, I'm, I'm assuming, is this an app? Yeah, so it's an app. Uh, um, there's multiple companies out there now. We use a, a company called Care. Um, and basically, um, these caregivers and nurses as well, they have an app. They You post a position or, or a shift and say, we have today a shift from 3 to 11. And then they accept it and they uh, uh, come in and fill the shift. So we put how much we pay per hour. Um, sometimes we'll do a bonus uh, to to uh, have an attra- you know to attract it, but it's it's been significantly less than using traditional agency. The other thing is what's been happening. We have found is once they've come once, if they like the building, they end up just picking up shifts at the building, and we've been able to get s- some staff that said after a period of time hey, we really like working here um, and we're able to hire them. There's no, it's not like an agency where you have to pay a percentage. Um, so we're able to hire them. Um, yeah. And uh, so that's been really successful in those times of crunches when we just can't find staff. And we like when it's the same person that shows up because it's consistency sure. versus an agency. You never know who's going to show up at at your uh 
your community, they have some safeguards in place. If they're, you know, they screen them all, make sure that they have all their, their background checks and all that that's required. But uh, they have, if they're a no call, no show for a couple of, I think it's two times there or three times they're kicked off the app. So you're getting better at getting staff. And, you know, if you think about it, you know, what are people asking for flexibility? And that's why I think these apps are, are successful because these are, it's flexible for people, right? I can't do a full-time job, but man, I could pick up some shifts. So um, I think uh, that that's, uh, we don't want to depend on that, but I rather pay 30% less than agency. Sure. No, thanks for sharing that. There may be people there that, that uh, people listening that, you know, really will pick up on that. And it sort of circles back, Jane, to you talking about, this is an example of doing business differently, leaning into the times, right? Or leaning into the now. And we all get into habits and patterns and we've always done something we don't even recognize, right? That we've done something a certain way and certainly want to keep the good habits and we want to keep what's working, but be open to, Hey, what's happening now? What's, you know, what is our, our, you know, what do our customers want and customers meaning everybody, people who work with us, people who live with us, people we serve our investors um, and, and circling also to culture. So I want to ask you a little bit about charter and, the I'm, I'm see as you're growing. Like how many communities do you have now? Forty-two. Forty-two. Wow. Can you talk to us a little bit about Charter Senior Living? What you love about it and the culture? Like, why would somebody who was on a nap and who worked at a community, a charter community, uh, want to stay full time? You know, I think it comes down to you know. Uh, Kevin Benema, who is the founder who started the company, Kevin and I worked together as, as regionals back in 2000 to 2005, I think, or six. We were regionals together. He was an RDL. I was a regional sales director. When our company, Somerville, uh, uh, got acquired by Emeritus, he went off to become the COO of, of Senior Lifestyles out of Chicago. And I obviously went on to Emeritus and led the sales and marketing for Emeritus. And we both work for very large companies, right? I know what, it, especially a public company, you know, when you're sitting there and it's 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 about earnings, right? And, and uh, everyone talks about culture, right? Everyone talks about it, but then does it really happen in the communities? Because that's where we can say whatever we want, but it's got to ha- happen in the communities. So because we talk about culture, all the time, where our whole philosophy is we don't have a corporate office. Uh, this is a fake background here, but we don't have a, a corporate <laughs> a corporate office. Um, we decided, uh, you know, to turn the paradigm around and instead of feeding some corporate office, we invest in the fields, right? And that means being out in communities. So all our staff, including the analysts, from HR, it's they're all in the field, right? Our analysts probably not as much, but um, it means you're in buildings. We're touching our buildings a lot, whether it's me touching the building, Kevin touching the building, uh, an RDO at regional sales, a HR person. We're touching buildings consistently, which gives us the ability to keep a pulse 
on what's happening at the community. And it's very easy to pick up. And it's amazing. The most simplest thing is talk to employees. You go around and you and we're able to kind of see, you know, when you walk into a community, what does it feel like when you walk in? And you know, and you just ask a lot of questions and you know when there's underlying stuff happening, which allows us to pivot faster, which is really important. Um, you know, we all provide the same services. You know, uh, you know, it's really about how we provide the services because that's what it's all about. We all have vans. We all do dining. You know, and and you know, we're really um, passionate about our mission, which is to enhance the human spirit. It's as simple as that, you know, um, how do we enhance the human spirit of our residents, of our employees, of our families, of our prospects, um, of our referral sources, right? And if we always keep that at the core of enhancing the human spirit, I think everyone understands what that means. Um, you know, I, I think a caregiver, uh, uh, you know, a dining staff, when you ask them, Hey, how are you enhancing the human spirit of a resident? They know how to answer that. These big, long mission statements that, you know, they don't care about, you know, the staff, they want to know how, how can, and they, and the ones that care about the residents love our mission, right? Because they care about the residents, you know, but we also have to enhance the human spirit of our, our associates. So we continued on. One of the things we continued on during COVID, when everyone was home, we were traveling. So when everyone was not traveling to buildings, we were traveling to buildings. Um, you know, I can remember sitting uh, end of March when everything just stopped. The world stopped at 2.20. And by the end of, end of April, I said, I, I can't do this. I see what our, our team is doing. I see what the buildings are doing and what they're going through. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm going out on the road. And I said to my team, look, I don't want to force anyone. If you have, because remember how scared everyone was. And if you have family at home that you feel like are compromised, no one has to feel like they have to go. But I went and then everyone just followed suit. Not that the communities loved that we came in because they thought we were going to bring COVID in. Um, but I can remember being on a plane and going to Logan Airport for the first time. And Boston Logan Airport's a pretty busy airport. And there'd be six of us in the whole airport. It was just crazy. So we did some things to keep on the uh, uh, during COVID to keep associates well engaged. And we did some fun things, but we always had this hero, right? The hero um, where uh, they they uh, got to uh, jump on a call with our whole senior leadership team. And it was a each community had a hero and they we gave them free PTO and, and a certificate and a gift card. Well, we just kept continuing it. Like we never stopped yeah. it because it was a big thing. The, the employees loved it. Um, yeah. One of the things that we do on, on one Friday a month, and this is where I think people feel the culture, one Friday a month, we have our whole senior team on, include you know everyone, all regionals, and each region gets to invite um, one building to come on to celebrate their, 
you know, their accomplishments. And it's amazing what that feels like to them, right? Here, there's 30 people on a screen and their RDO says, you know, the building where I'm acknowledging this month is X, Y, Z. And usually the man, usually it's the EDs on the phones. They'll bring their whole management team in and the whole team, we get to celebrate with them. So we stay as connected as we can to the field. And I think that's why we're able to keep our culture moving. And, you know, sometimes we've hired people that don't support our culture, right? And they're not a good fit. And they usually don't make it, right? Because if you're not being nice to people, I mean, you can be help hold people accountable without being a jerk. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, that's probably the, the, thing that I'm most proud of at, at Charter, um, our ability and, and of, of staying connected with the field. And it gets a little harder, you know, as we get bigger. I used to be able to visit all the communities. Uh, but next week, I use a great example. Next week, I'm visiting five communities next week. Um, I get to talk to the employees. What's working? What's not working? Right? What can we be doing better? You know, sometimes I think people don't want to hear, you know, a lot of companies don't want to hear. We got to hear the good, the bad, the ugly. So that's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I think, Jane, uh, you're maybe you could talk to Kevin about shifting the mission statement to you can hold people accountable without being a jerk. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, you can say, well, we got to enhance the human spirit. But that also means enhancing the human spirit of our stakeholders, right? So, um, you know, the 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 sometimes, you know, people can swing way to one side, right? And it's all about the mission. But on the other side, you still have to hold people accountable. And I think we don't do justice when someone is failing. If a manager is failing, right? We're not enhancing their human spirit by keeping them in that position. Maybe that position is not right for them. Maybe we can find a better seat on the, you know, the, the, the bus, as they say. So you're not enhancing the human spirit. Cause I will tell you, most employees know when they're failing. Of course. They feel who, it. Wants, who wants to be in a situation and this is a very rewarding business, but it's really tough. It's a hard and business. Who wants to, it is. And, and who wants to feel uh, like a failure and coming to work, coming to work. So Jane, if you have time, I would love to uh, continue talking and we are going to make part two. So stay tuned because next week we're going to hear more from Jane Salerson. Thank you so much, Jane, for- Hey, Julie, thank you so much. And and I'm I'm glad I can be a part and we go way back. So uh, I'm glad I could be a part of your- uh, your podcast. Thank you so much, but hang in there. Part two's coming. Welcome to another episode of the Grow Your Occupancy podcast. I am thrilled that Jane Salerson agreed to a part two on this podcast. Uh, she's got so much knowledge, so much experience. And we're going to just continue that conversation, Jane. Last week 
Um, you talked to us about being in the communities and I, re I follow you and uh, not stalk you, but I do follow you. I've always admired you and, uh, and Kevin and, and what y'all are doing at Charter and everything that you've done in your career. But I saw that you went to every single community and Kevin's been to every single community, community I'm sure more than once. So because you're in the field, right? Um, and you're you know face-to-face -face learning because that's how we learn. Uh, and you're an operator who puts revenue, emission margin, but you're putting revenue uh, first because we can't run a business without it. Can't give mission without it. What advice do you give the community operators or executive directors in, in leading sales and revenue? You know, I think there's a few things. One is um, they need to be involved in sales. I mean, totally involved in sales. They should be knowing who their tours are, be involved in the tour process. Um, they should be, you know, uh, asking questions after the tour. Okay, well, how are we going to follow up? You know, um, what are the barriers if they didn't get to meet them? Do a call, which we all know, but a lot of times they don't do that. But they really, excuse me, they really need to be engaged in sales. And I think sometimes EDs will go, well, I, it's kind of like nursing. I got a nurse. They handle the clinical stuff. I got a salesperson. They ha handle the salesperson. You know, they handle sales. And you can't, you can't work like that in our industry. Uh, it takes too much. I think consumers are much more educated now. They tour more. Um, they ask better questions and they have to have confidence in who's running that building, right? Because you, you're handing your mom or your grandmother or whatever over to some community. I think the other thing is they need to uh, make sales a key part of their standups. You know, I've been in many standups and, you know, you'll spend 25 minutes talking about a toilet that broke um, or, you know, uh, some something else that, you know, one family member or whatever it may be. And mm -hmm. they've got to take part of that stand up and talk about sales. Who's coming in for tours? Um, oh, you know, I've been working with Julie and God, I can't, we can't get her over the hump, right? That should be a discussion, what we call, you know, through prospect-centered selling, a case study. What do we need to do to help this family. And, you know, it's amazing when you put five or six brains together, you know, your nurse and your dining director to say, what are other things we can do? It's amazing the ideas they come up with, right? Could we do this? Could we do a home? Could I bring them this? Oh, they're, they're Greek. I'm Greek. Let me bring them a Greek dessert. So I think making that yeah. part of it, I always say, if we did three case studies, which we call, which is a, a deep dive. If we did three case sure. studies a week in standup, one every other day, we would close an extra sale every month because you're getting out of the, I'm checking in, you know, I'm checking in, you know, those phone calls that, that aren't impactful, you know, aren't impactful. So I think they really need to do that. And then I think, um, I, I thought about this is, they, they need to be very involved in the move-in process. Mm -hmm. uh, where do we make mistakes? 
when we have clunky move in processes, right? And that's how you get it's, you know, that's how you mess up that move in. And that causes move outs, right? And the last thing you want is someone running around. We all know it's the disgruntled uh, uh, family that's going to tell 50 people how awful it was. So right. I think uh, uh, making sure that, you know, we all have checklists and all that, but that's great. Someone's got to lead it to make sure. Did we get this? Did we get this? Are we all set? Oh, right. all those things that people take for granted. And then I, you know, I think the last thing for an ED is ask questions, right? It's not micromanaging your sales director, but ask questions. How'd that tour go? Oh, you went out to see Susie, the discharge planner. How'd it go? What did they say? How can we make their, their jobs a little bit easier? Be engaged in that. If you're not engaged in it, and, and I could probably tell you the most successful buildings that I see, the ED is totally engaged in sales. They know. They know the hot leads. They know who they are. They know the next step. They're engaged in it. The ones that are more challenged is they're not engaged. And that's like, you know, I keep going back to, and I think about this all the time. That's like you owning a store and not knowing your sales in a store. Right. You're, right. you're going to know how many sweaters I sold. Right. You know, how many you got to know these. How many customers came in the door? That's the same thing. We got to know that as a, as a manager or director. This is your revenue. Unless you want to manage by expenses for the rest of your life, which is awful because it all comes down to staffing and all that. Focus on the sales side and you'll get wins. You'll get wins. So I, I really, you know, and, and I'm, I observe whenever I go to buildings, I make sure I'm there for stand-up because I want to see how a stand-up is run, right? I want to see how they talk about sales um, mm -hmm. or if they're talking about sales or if right. people show up, you know, late for stand-up, right? So I kind of want to see how that goes, um, and then my, you know, my visits are a portion of my visits. Yes, are is with the executive director, but a portion of my visits is talking to each of the managers. How's it going? You know, what what's working for you? What's not working? And then really just meeting staff. You know, I just walk around a building and talk to staff without anyone. Uh, you know, without someone following me around. I'll just go and talk to the staff. You know. It's amazing, you know, what you hear, because they'll sure. tell you, <laughs> they'll tell you how. Sure. So sure. And, you know, you mentioned last time, Jane, you know, being open, we all need to do that self check that we are open for feedback. And it's, it sounds, oh, yeah, of course, I'm open for feedback. Well, do a self check, you know, our, until you our, hear it. <laughs> right, exactly. And then, well, we can't do that or we can. And I think this that kind of goes across all areas where, uh, you know, from sales, we need our we need our customers feedback. We need our prospects feedback. You're talking about doing case studies. Very often uh, the, we don't know the answer to a lot of those deep dives, which is why you do a case study. Right. And I think it's like we fear what people are going to say. So we don't ask the question. 
Right. So we go in a building, we don't ask anyone anything. And what's it like to work here? You know, off the record, uh, because we kind of don't want to know because we're afraid. And that's, we we got to, I agree with you. We just have to lay it all out respectfully, you know, honestly, without, you know, not in a fit of emotion, but in order to move forward, keep the things at work, EDs and sales, I wrote that down. It's, I agree with you. And what a great example, you know, you're running a yogurt store and you don't know how many uh, cups of yogurt you sold. You think what? That's the core part of your business. It's got to taste good. It has to be clean, a lot of different flavors. How much have you sold? How many customers came in the door? How many customers came in and didn't buy anything? And that's that's just the core. It's the same of- thing. I think, Julie, too, I think what happens is in our industry, uh, especially for EDs, uh, you're, you're constantly in fires, right? You know, this family's upset. This staff didn't show up. We got to write that staff member up, whatever it is, you're constantly in this swirl of reacting to things. And it goes back to the old Franklin Covey, what's important and urgent. And I think a lot of times our executive directors, they have those personalities. They don't like the, they, they like when there's challenges, right? And they go to those challenges and they spend a lot of time doing that, which takes them away from spending time on the things that are going to help grow their business, right? You know, when they go, I don't have time to do that. Well, you you don't have time not to do that. So teaching them that, you know, is it really urgent, right? Could that, you know, when I'm in a community and, and it probably is my biggest pet peeve and I'm sitting in a closed office with an executive director and 15 people, open and close the door, just check it. And I'm like, if you have to have managers coming in and out of your office all day, checking, you know, checking on things, do you have the right managers, right? Because that's the distraction to the ED from saying, I'm going to focus on this right now, right? Because they have 17 people coming in and out of their their, their office, you know, in, in a day. And I, I watch it. And it doesn't matter if it's even a closed door. They'll knock on the door. They swing the door open. And I'm like, is that truly an emergency? You know? Right. I, I think I've been in the same office. <laughs> and, and the door is closed. Right? And the door is closed. And it's like, hey, I just want to let you know uh, my my Whitaker carpet cleaner's not working. Is that like an emergency? <laughs> you, know? To, you know? Empowering leaders to, to lead and you, you, you know, you're for you know, sales, it's not micromanaging to talk about uh, your customers, it's not micromanaging to do case studies. Uh, that, and to your point, those are the things that move the needle. It's not micromanaging to talk about you know, wellness and, and equipment and things, right. but empowering people to, to make decisions. Uh, and so that year, the ED is focused in the areas staffing, sales you know, operational excellence that truly are the important, not urgent, right? That, that right, the upper right corner that we're all uh, needing to put more time in. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I've got my little squares here, Jane. I do. I do. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. And I, 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 I struggle with it as well. It's very easy. I mean, I get calls all the time, you know, um, and, 
Some of them are emergencies, some of them aren't. And, and, you know, I have to put my own goals for a quarter in place to say, I will have this done by this quarter. I don't care what I need to do, but it will be done by this quarter. If not, you're never going forward on anything, right? You're never, you're, everyone's talking about it, but it's never really moving, moving that needle on whatever it may be. You know, the pricing was one one thing was to say we're we're going to talk about pricing every quarter and it was actually an RDO that said I want to take the lead and have a pricing committee so she she leads the pricing committee now the RDOs work together on this so um uh but and I don't have to manage it every day they're doing it so it's the same thing but it's hard it's hard and I think one of the biggest challenges and probably a percentage of my time is dealing with employee relation issues. Employees, mm-hmm. are, we all say, you know, it's, you know, it's a different culture right now. Employees, there's just this expectation. Uh, and, you know, I, I've never dealt with employees that, you know, are, you know, my feelings were hurt. And, you know, they don't get along with the other caregiver and they're fighting. And and it's it's, you know, uh, it's just crazy. It's crazy. And so you're spending time on dealing with really. You know, things that really aren't that important in terms of providing care for our residents, it's more dynamics, right? It's dynamics between people and this exec, you know, this salesperson doesn't get along with the maintenance director, you know, and how many times we've had to deal with that or the nurse, you know, Uh, but it's been, it's really a challenge now, much more than it was before COVID. Um, And people know they're just going to go get another job. They don't care. I've, I've, uh, we've always had challenges of caregivers, no call, no show. It's been going on for 25 years, right? Caregivers that just don't show up or whatever. But now I see nurses just, they just walk off the job. Walk off the job. We were talking about that the other day that I've, ne- I've been doing this almost as long as you. And I've I never before where a sales director walks out of the building, a nurse, a wellness director walks out. Walks out. You, a, sales, a sales director, you never saw. They would give a notice, but they just didn't go, I'm done. And they walk out the door door and yeah to your point it's a drama right the drama triangle of and 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 that's you know the ed executive director administrator you know what an um, they're amazing people right that that really are the you know the 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 core the core deal that that rotates through our business and it's it's managing the you know mission margin the mission being your people your residents and needing to spend a lot more time, to your point. Um, I mean, I'm old enough that, or you know, where it was, do your job, and you're <laughs> wanting to do your job, and you're just just do it. You know, you get to work, and you know, just it's just what you do. Uh, and it's not to say people are lazy or you know they don't care. It's just it's very different. It, it is. Different, it's um, really, and you know, we have a compliance hotline. Um, uh, where, you know, employees can call, you know, confidentially or not. And, 
uh, or they can go online and you read these sometimes and you go, really? Susie, Susie didn't do this and it really hurt my feelings. And then, you know, the manager didn't do anything about it. And, you know, then you have to spend time investigating it. So invest. Oh my gosh. Investigate investigations. And do I say that right? Thank God I'm not an HR person because I would probably be sued every day. Uh, They, they just, you know, having to do these investigations and and you got to, you got to filter through what's real and what's not and really have to ask other employees, what have they observed, you know? Um, So it's, it's, it's been, uh, you know, there's too, right? I mean, we got to take things seriously, but then the real things, right? Uh, I just don't like someone or she hurt my feelings or he hurt my feelings, which I've heard too. Is it like, well, or, oh, the, you know, I heard we had a building that the, who quit? It was a nurse that quit because of the BOM, the director, you know, the business office manager. I go, what is she doing with the business office manager that the nurses, you know what I mean? Like how much time do you spend with the business office manager that the nurse quit because of the business office manager? I can't deal with that business office manager anymore. I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) Why can't we all just get along? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Uh, You probably Jane have have really answered this because of your passion for what you do always shines through and you've given your, your entire professional life to senior living, but I'm just curious, what do you love most about this business? I think, you know what, there's two things. I think it's different every day. Right. And then two is, I think it's really the always stepping back and, and thinking about how you impact people's lives. And someone asked me that. um, And uh, you know, I, I go back to this one guy and this was in 19, I want to say 99. And I happened, I was a regional sales director and I happened to go to a community and there wasn't a sales director. And I toured this guy. He was a fireman. I'll never forget this. His mom was moving from New York to Massachusetts or had moved and was living uh, with him. And he was so, um, you know, feeling guilty about how can I do this? But he had his kids and his mom was driving him nuts. And so I toured him and uh, he, you know, I got this close for the deposit, didn't get the deposit. And then about a month later, I came back and I actually bumped into him. He had decided he moved his mom in and he came up to me. I'll never forget this. And he said, I just want to thank you. You've changed my life. Um, This was the best thing that we could have ever done. And this is what really resonated with me, resonated with me. He said, my mom was saying to me when she was living with us, why are you so angry at me? So the mom was feeling his stress, right? Being at, you know, he had his kids and he would get angry at her. And she said, would say, why are you so angry at me? And it felt awful for him that he wasn't really angry at her. He was angry at the circumstances, right? So I'll never forget that. And he just said, you've changed my life, my mom. And I remember we walked 
And his mom opened up her apartment and said, this is my apartment. And she was happy and he was happy. And I said, this is why I do what I do. And uh, I just, whenever I have those tough days that I just want to poke my eye out, I just think of him. I can't remember his name, but I know he was a fireman and say, that's what we're doing for people and, and for residents who say, I love my caregiver. I love this person. And, you know, my mom lives in assisted living, thankfully not mine. And, uh, and uh, she knows the caregivers that love her. And, you know, it means so much to me. So uh, uh, that's why I do what I do. I, I mean, believe me, I could probably go into other sales positions and, you know, uh, a lot more lucrative, I would say. Um, but there's not many positions, you know, jobs that you can close your eyes and open up in the morning and say, I really impact people, right? I can, you know, you can sell a car, you maybe make someone happy for a day, but do you really impact people? So this is we're we're lucky to be in this in this situation. And that's why I've been in it over 25 years, you know, and and uh, um, not sure why I ever got into the op side. I, I, I keep, you know, all my old colleagues from sales, you know, they keep yeah. yelling at me for going on the dark side, they claim. But I think I, I offer something really different. So, um, you know, that's why I do what I do. The one and only Jane Salerson, Chief Operating Officer at Charter Senior Living. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise, your wisdom. And as always, every time we talk, uh, I have more than one laugh. So I love Hopefully, we'll catch up with each other this coming conference season. When is it not conference season? But I look forward to seeing you again, Jane. Thank you so much for. Thanks, Julie, and good luck. I know your book, your book's out there, and uh, uh, you know you're you're uh, really trying to educate people that it's not transactional sales. It doesn't work. So uh, I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you, Jane. That means a lot. It means a lot. Thanks so much for everybody for listening. We'll see you next week.